Welcome to your go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Wait For It Podcast, and welcome to a very special episode. Another review episode, Eric. I feel like it's been a while since we've done one of those. I am your co-host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And as I mentioned, your other co-host is here as well, Mr. Eric Almighty. And Eric, as we were putting together the episodes for October, we realized we still had one more space to fill. And somehow, this, I guess, TV short uh, thrown together by Marvel and Disney Plus flew a little under the radar for us. But man, after watching it last night with some friends, I'm very excited to share our thoughts with our audience. I had actually forgotten completely about it, but I remember hearing that Marvel was going to do some type of like horror TV special. And here we are. Werewolf by Night was an experience, and I'm excited that we actually remembered in time for the episode list for October to include it, because, yeah, you kind of alluded to it. Like, we watched it with a few people. We turned it on, and, I mean, it's a brisk hour uh, of our day that we spent, and I think we spent it pretty well. Absolutely. It's something you can throw on with some friends or your significant other. Uh, I guess the debate could be had how old your kids should be before watching that We'll talk about it here in the review. Uh, but yeah, we are super excited to talk about Werewolf by Night. Again, the Marvel Disney Plus special that just came out this past Friday. So if you guys are listening to this here on Monday, it is brand spanking new. And we went into this thing not really knowing too much about it. We knew it was going to be horror centric, but we didn't know where it fell as far as the MCU timeline. Is this a one off? Is it not? But I can tell you one thing, Eric, I know you and I both came away with this thinking that, man, Marvel needs to do more of these. And I certainly hope that they do. So we're going to tell you guys all about it here in just a moment. Want to welcome in any brand new listeners to the podcast. We hope you're enjoying all of the Spooktober content that we've had so far. And if you're not necessarily a Marvel fan or interested in checking out this particular short not to worry. Make sure to check out the rest of our library. I promise there is something here for everybody. And for all of you returning listeners, welcome back. I hope your October is going great. And man, we have a lot of really great stuff planned for the rest of the month. So Eric, I don't anticipate this episode being very long, but let people know who have never heard any of our reviews before how they work. Yeah. And again, coming in under an hour for the runtime, there's only so much we'll be able to talk about. Uh, so we are going to keep this fairly spoiler free. There's really only one big spoiler if you're a fan like of the comics for example of a specific character who we will reference but will not reveal their actual character name from the comics so we're not going to go too too far into it and we're going to stick with our standard format so we're going to jump into likes to start things off on a positive note then we'll move on to dislikes anything we didn't really enjoy out of this and then We'll get into our final grades with our overall thoughts on this TV special. So, Phil, with that being said and out of the way, what was something that you really enjoyed about this? Because I think we are going to spend a lot of time on the like side. Yeah, first off, a little bit of a synopsis. Again, shout out to IMDb for keeping these short and sweet. 
follows a lycanthrope superhero who fights evil using the abilities given to him by a curse brought on by his bloodline. And, you know, just to start off here, Eric, um, you know, again, not knowing anything about these characters going into this or where this sat in the MCU. Um, but we got to look at even in the very short amount of time that we spent with them, a couple characters, very, very big standouts. First off, uh, Laura Donnelly, who played Elsa Bloodstone. Uh, you know, again, not really. We didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with her, but even in her very limited kind of, I don't want to say brooding dialogue, but kind of like standoffish dialogue. I really, really enjoyed this character. Uh, but obviously, Eric, we got to start with the standout, who was Gael Garcia Bernal, who played Jack Russell. And we were trying to figure out how we kind of knew this character, knew this actor. And it turned out that he, well, first off, he's in a bunch of Spanish films, but he also voices Hector in Coco. Now, of course, we wouldn't really know his face <laughs> by that, but just his voice, something seemed very familiar in it. And he was fantastic. I I'm surprised we haven't seen him in more roles as far as here you know in the states like for you know camera facing uh, but you know those two characters are front and center for pretty much the entire time and honestly if those characters weren't likable this thing wouldn't have worked at all no 100 percent. and i think you know you bring up the two that need to be brought up although you did disrespectfully call laura donnelly not Kristen ritter at the start of it and i didn't okay, well I, I didn't know we were gonna <laughs> well laura, i didn't appreciate you this i apologize <laughs> I didn't appreciate that, uh, and she she definitely deserves her flowered uh, as well as Garcia Bernal. I mean, th the performances for those two carry uh, this as well. Uh, the character Ted uh, is an absolute standout. I really won't go much more into it from there. <laughs> Excellent, but damn character. Marvel! Marvel really knows how to make you know lovable characters that you just you really want to root for and see more of. Definitely going to be a good toy line there. So, with that being said. This was uh, really, really great. The other performers, you know, did just fine. They played their roles. Some were campy. Some were ultra serious. Like, they all had a role to play. You know, I really think about Harriet Sansom Harris, who played Verusa. Uh, she was very over the top. And it was kind of like, again, just your, your classic horror film. This was definitely an ode to the Universal Monster era when that was running rampant. And that was extremely popular. And for those people that really enjoyed that, I think, uh, you know, back then and still to this day, I think they're going to love this special. For me, I was never a huge fan of it, but I definitely walked away appreciating a lot of the visuals, Phil, because you could definitely tell they put some love into this with some prosthetics, some real live actual things that they were using, not just CGI all over the place, although I'm sure there was a little bit at play there. Yeah, lots of practical effects, which I think is a good transition into another one of my likes was just the brutality of it. And we have not gotten to see a lot of that here in the MCU. And, you know, for understandable reasons, a lot of these are tailored towards kids. But not only that, Eric, you just mentioned toys. It's tailored to that as well. Eric, for those of the you know listeners that are listening with, that have kids and they're wondering if they should check this thing out, I'll, I'll leave that one to you. What do you think? You know, we really enjoyed how dark and violent this thing did get. Uh, but I feel like there's probably maybe some moments that maybe some of your kids shouldn't watch. I'll leave that part to you. Surprisingly enough, it's from a human that is the most brutal part, in my opinion. So there's a situation with a sword. And once I saw it coming, I was like, all right, well, gonna oh, cover, yeah, yeah, going to cover the eyes. That was the worst of it. I mean, because it's black and white, I think Marvel definitely felt they could 
really, you know, they could really go all out Toe with the a line. TV for yeah, TV 14. Like that's what it ended up being listed as. They definitely towed that line a lot. Um, but I think it's listed TV 14 for a reason. So I would just be very cautious. Uh, you know, if your kid already watches a bunch of stuff out there that has some of those elements, you know, it may not be the worst thing in the world. You know, my son knows uh, we went to the the Marvel, the Marvel, the monster show at Universal and he got to see some of those props. So like, for example, at one point when someone's arm gets cut off, he knew like, OK, I know how they did that because we went to the show and saw oh, that's that. pretty cool. So, yeah, it was pretty cool that he got to like experience that at Universal. It's a very it's one of my favorite things to do at Universal is go to that show. You know, so again, it's one of those things where if your kid can handle it, they can. But if you're one of those that like to shield them from anything violent, this is probably something you want to skip and wait till they're older. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my daughter, you know, loves Chucky. So I think she's going to really enjoy this. Um, we got cons- some concerns there. But anyway, uh, I think one thing that we definitely came away from this, Eric, is wanting more of the things like this. You know, we have been a critic of just how much Marvel content there is and how much we have to consume. And listen, you guys will hear later on this month in our She-Hulk review. I think you'll hear some really positive things about that. And that's great. But some of those experiences have been few and far between with some of the misses that we've talked about, like like Loki and, um, you know, to a, to a lesser extent, maybe Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But this, Eric, like we mentioned, I know we've said it already, nice, compact hour and an enjoyable hour. And I would love for Marvel to do more of these. Maybe they can introduce some side characters this way as opposed to cramming them in to another TV show. And also more horror stuff. Like this is, I think, everything we thought Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness could have been. Like, you know, we have the Wanda section and spoilers for that film. We have the Wanda section where they go into the other universe and she destroys the Illuminati. But we wanted like a full film of that. And coming from me, Eric, you know that I'm not the biggest horror movie fan. Again, I wanted more from this. And I'm glad, you know, they they kept it to the to the short runtime. But I would love to see them explore more characters. Obviously, there are so many in the Marvel Rogues Gallery. Like hasn't I believe DC has done this in the animated realm where they do the animated show that has Batman, but it also is led by like Constantine and Swamp Thing and all those characters. I know Marvel has characters like that. Give us stuff like this. I I would absolutely love that. No, I, I would definitely agree. Uh, I think this is something really special that's out there. And Phil, like as we transition and make maybe any dislikes, I guess, you know, that is one thing that wasn't the best. Like there were obviously some character beats that got kind of skipped over or very sped up. I would have liked to spend more time um, I would have been absolutely happy. And I know that's a, a hard buy-in when you're first doing something. So it's not really Marvel's fault. But I would have spent I would have spent another 30 minutes to another hour in this world, in this movie. And if they go, uh, went a little bit more all out, we would have definitely been afraid of having your typical Marvel big boss fight at the end, uh, which you, we didn't really necessarily get here, you know, which was a little different. I like that. Um, so, you know, it's it, you're giving your take, but I definitely think we could have spent some more time in this world. And that's one of the things when it comes to like pacing, uh, the slow parts definitely feel slow. But once the ball gets moving, you know, it's an enjoyable ride. Yeah, I agree. 100 percent. Eric, is there anything else you wanted to mention on this positive side before we transition to dislikes or 
opportunities. I feel like he kind of did that there. Yeah, no, I mean, really, that's that, I think that's really my only major dislike. So transitioning to that felt felt right here. Phil, was there anything you didn't like? Yeah, this isn't a dislike whatsoever, but it, it kind of ties into exactly what you just said. I would have liked to spend a little bit more time with the characters and seeing specifically the hunters and seeing kind of like what their specialties were. I think, Eric, there are what, maybe five or six hunters and we really only get to know or see what three four of them actually kind of quote unquote fight and listen we don't need each and everything to be you know action-packed and maybe that's why this thing was a little bit of a breath breath of fresh air is that it was different but i would have liked to see a little bit more maybe hand-to-hand combat doesn't mean that anything else that they filled it with was uninteresting again like you said another half hour probably would have made this uh you know an even higher score than i'm going to give it already uh, but yeah, I think maybe that's the one like a, like nitpicky thing. Um, I really I think maybe I would have liked to see a little bit more of the backstory between like what's going on with Elsa and, you know, the, the strife she has with Verusa or vice versa, I should say. But again, that's all stuff that just could have been solved with an extra half an hour. Uh, and, you know, we came away from this happy with what we got already. Um, we forgot to th- point this out. In the other side, Eric, and the likes, we also have to give a big shout out to Flaming Tuba, and you guys will get that when you see it. It was jarring, to say the least. Flaming Tuba definitely deserves... He got a credit on, on yeah. IMDb. Shout out to David here, Silverman. So. David Silverman, shout out yeah. to you. You did a great job. It, it was it was a good uh, a good TV special. I love the presentation. I, I really like the presentation of it all, but one thing I will say, Phil, on the dislike side, the characters, you know, some of them are a little over the top and campy and like it's fine for what this is but you know it's not like we're getting immaculate acting here outside of our two leads who i think did a a fantastic job with what they were given so again the supporting cast here a bunch of nobodies honestly i'm just gonna just tell you you've never really seen them in anything i don't think uh they don't get enough time to shine even if they had something to bring to the table so phil i think to kind of echo your point um, spending more time with some of these characters, making some of the deaths feel meaningful would have been good. But again, this is a really a situation of you can't have your cake and eat it, too. I feel like a double length feature film compared to the hour we got. I feel like that would leave a lot of room for Marvel to do Marvel things, which is what we've been wanting the opposite of on the Disney Plus platform. You know, this felt different. It was different. And I think they achieved that. So really, Phil, outside of, you know, some nitpicky things we've mentioned, is there anything else that you really wanted to call out here? Because overall, there was a lot to walk away from and love from this. Yeah. The only thing I will mention is that Kirk Thatcher, who plays Joven, he actually is, interestingly enough, he is in Spider-Man Homecoming as a uh, a character that's just kind of like on the street. But, I, but, you know, maybe this is like a, uh, what's the word that they used in Logia? Variant, maybe, of that character. Because we're starting to see this a little bit more where there's some characters that are popping up again that seemed unimportant, but I don't know. But yeah, like you said, you know, some of the acting is a little spotty. But it, uh, again, it didn't really call for anybody to be really, really solid except for the characters of Elsa, Jack, and I would say Verusa, who again, like you said, is a very, very over the top and invested in her character and and I really enjoyed Barusa. So every everything else just kind of like, you know, like you said filled out the the cast. So no, that's pretty much it, Eric. I think it's a good time to transition into our grades. I didn't really write anything down. I'll just speak from the heart, but I do want to give you guys the Rotten Tomato scores. If you haven't been seeing them like on IGN or 
comicbook.com. This thing is being received extremely, extremely well. I think comicbook.com gave it a 10 out of 10. IGN gave it a 9. The Tomato Meter, 92% certified fresh through critics, 94% audience score. And I think you guys are going to hear something very similar reflected between Eric and I. But I'll go ahead and go first. Werewolf by Night, again, went into this thing not really knowing anything about any of these characters, not knowing what to expect as this was kind of Marvel's first shot at this. Like, we've gotten some of those one-shots back in the day where they were like maybe, what, 10, 15 minutes. But this one, perfect runtime to get some friends together. During the month of October, it is very, very horror-centric. It does get a little gory. So for those of you that have younger kids, um, you know, just be advised of that, as Eric mentioned. Really, really great acting between the two main leads. Again, Gael Bernal and Laura Donnelly as Elsa and Jack. And you're going to fall in love with a character named Ted, as Eric mentioned as well. But overall, I had an absolute blast with my friends. I think that's the best way to watch this is with a group of people. And I'm going to give it a solid 9 out of 10. And I hope Marvel does this more. Yeah, very well said. You know, this is a section of film that I would not have expected Marvel to dive into. But I'm glad they did it. And I want more of it. When you have all these projects that aren't necessarily always connected, it is an actual breath of fresh air to get something so different, uh, but yet so familiar. This is clearly a love letter to the Universal Monster days, and while also bringing the MCU an element of storytelling and visuals that it really hasn't had to this point. So I really like the uniqueness that it felt, but it also, again, felt very familiar I really like that you can just show this to someone who doesn't even like or watch Marvel and just enjoy it. So if you have an hour to spare, put it on. And I think you'll walk away having a good time from the Marvel aspect of things. I would say this is definitely the best thing Marvel has put out on the platform since WandaVision. And I don't think it's close. I'm going to give this a nine out of 10 as well. I thought it was great. Not perfect. But uh, again, we're not looking for it to be perfect. We're looking for it to feel special, for it to feel a little different. And I think they got that with this. So I would love this to be a annual thing that Marvel does. Time will tell if they take the, the, the hints and the tips from all the love the fans are giving to this TV special. But I think more is coming on the horizon. And this is a good thing. That's right, folks. So that being said, that is our review of Werewolf by Night. It can be found right now on Disney+. And we think you guys are really going to enjoy it. But Eric, we will wrap this up. And just a reminder for any of you that are brand new, you can find our show anywhere you listen to your podcast. And if you find yourself listening on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a huge favor and leave us a five-star review. Make sure to check out the show notes for the YouTube link to all of our live shows. We will be doing our live stream of She-Hulk here within the next week as the series is wrapping up. And again, I think uh, it was going to be a fun conversation because Eric and I have been very pleasantly surprised by She-Hulk. And you can also find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Wait For It Podcast and on Twitter at Wait For It Pod. And we hope you guys are enjoying the month of Spooktober stuff that we put together for you because uh, we're having a lot of fun doing it. And with all that being said, my name is Mr. Eric Almighty. That is my co-host, Phil the Filipino. And please don't forget, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. And all you have to do is wait for it. So... I heard you're looking for a go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it. Gaming? Wait for it. Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is... Wait for it.
This is the Wait For It Podcast.